0: What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats. A few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to chat with the gravel queen, Allison Tetrick. We chat about her win at DK, her crash in the seriousness of TBIs, women's inclusion in the sport, and her love for science. Again, I'm super thankful for Allison and her time, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy. But first, let's hear a message from our sponsors. This week's episode is also brought to you by Orange Mud. Orange Mud is a company that does adventure hydration packs for running, cycling, and much more. Along with their hydration packs, they also create some cool adventure goodies for your next adventure. So be sure to check them out at orangemud.com. All right, guys, welcome back to Coffee and Van Chats. I'm here with Allison Tetrick, who is known to be the gravel goddess currently. She has also has her back in? You know, she used to race professionally on the road, and now she's full-time gravel um, and exploration, and pretty much just having a damn good time. Am I right? Like, I mean, that's pretty much it. Like, it's
1: pretty much that. That sounds like about my agenda.
0: <laughs> right on. So, so kind of give me a background, because like I would say that you know we we hear about a lot about the guys you know who have retired and then gone into this gravel world but I would honestly say that you were probably one of the first pros to really you know hang up the skinny tires and start adventure riding so like how did that all start because there was a time when gravel wasn't really cool yet and I think you were kind of one of the first people to be doing it
1: yeah so um you just told me your age so I'm gonna date myself but I'm <laughs> <laughs> I started racing road, um, professionally in 2009. So I raced um, all over the world from 2009 to
0: 2017.
1: And I would say about 2016, I'm going, you know, I've done it all except the Olympics, unfortunately, but you know, you're like, okay, I've I've gone everywhere. And what can I do, um, now? And you start lining up to the same races every day and you're like, super rad but eh,
0: you know <laughs> yeah I yeah, know for sure like I get that
1: and I uh also had uh, some pretty bad injuries early in my career so I'm pretty risk adverse um and looking for goals that inspire me and something that I wanted to do um so in 2016 I was like I'm done you know I, I can't do this anymore I risking my head injury background and yeah my career I worked full-time uh, throughout my professional cycling career medal at the world championships in the team time trial won a lot of races lost uh, definitely a lot more as you know happens yeah in, in like road that's, racing.
0: That, yeah that's cycling right like we always <laughs> yeah. have a losing record unless you're like Peter Sagan or somebody crazy I mean, Chloe still Diger, probably yeah
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and and so then I my team I was racing for silence pro cycling at the time as a world tour uh women's world tour team and they are like, please race 2017. I was like, okay, here's the thing. I want to race Dirty Kanza. And yeah, they're like, yeah. we don't know what Dirty Kanza is. And I explained to them the duration, 206 miles. It's in middle of June. Horrible time, like two that's weeks before timing. nationals. <laughs> right, yeah. And I'm like, I want to do Dirty Kanza. And they were like, well, that's going to be horrible. You're going to be slow, but um, okay. And then they, you know, put every race I hated before that you know yeah. into the calendar they said well will we have to race all of these um and I did so I did Ampton Tour California which I love and went off to Dirty Kansas and won it and that was my first gravel race uh that wow. I'd ever done yeah, and yeah. I'd never ridden over 120 miles before and I show up to my first gravel race don't own a mountain bike never ridden gravel and I'm like yeah sure what can this
0: you know <laughs> what's the worst that can happen so so was that the longest you've ever ridden too
1: it still At is that... the longest I've ever ridden but yes
0: yeah so like <laughs> I just recently rode the longest I've ever ridden, which is around you know, so this was around one hundred and ninety six miles um, to get to my best, to get to my best friend's wedding. What was your thought process? I mean, because you were actually racing two hundred and six miles, like when did it start to wear on you? When were you like, "Oh crap, what did I just get myself into? or were you ever like that?
1: Oh no, I was crazy um coming from road race fitness i just thought i'm gonna race the first 100 miles because i can race 100 miles i know that yeah i'm gonna just hang with the guys for 100 miles and then i'm just gonna do a century and that's not a normal thought process but in my head that made sense just race 100 miles and then do a century for fun um which it worked but there were a lot of highs and lows the first 100 full gas race you know with all the guys and so um, we're finishing the first hundred miles under five hours on dirt with you know 6,000 feet of climbing, so it's a pretty good clip, yeah. And the second hundred miles, I was very alone, it was very hot, and I'm fine, I'm like plugging along. And then, you know, people that pace themselves maybe a little better, are, like coming by you, you know, and yeah. you're like, oh man, this sucks. And then I started to hallucinate probably around 175, Oof. you know. I. I yeah. saw stormtroopers, I saw, you oh, know, man. desert oasis in the middle of the Flint Hills of Kansas, yeah. um, and heard voices. At one point I said, it's okay, we've got this. And I'm like, who's we? <laughs> <You
0: know>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that, like, because I mean, just with myself and, and doing my ride, my ride was way more relaxed. Like, I think I stopped in the middle of it and got a sub uh, mm-hmm. about eight hours in. And I kept telling myself, like, I was like, I, could, I know I could go harder, but I was like, uh, I probably shouldn't. And then with, like, about 40 minutes to go, and this is actually where I started to panic thinking about Kansas down the road and actually why I asked you the question. Because I think that's what I will feel like for 180 miles if I actually try to race Kansas, mm-hmm. Because it, it, I mean, like, I wanted to stop. I wanted to quit. But then there was times where I, all of a sudden I'd come back and I'd be like, I feel like a god. I'm I'm good. I'm okay, and so like just going through that battle in the head, it was just kind of interesting. But yeah, so so you won Dirty Kansas, and you've you know you medaled at the World Championships, and and you had this this big transition, and now, I mean, you're pretty much full time. Like, I don't like influencer. I feel like it's a bad, like it's a dumb name. Like you're a pro I hate cyclist. I influencer. I don't yeah, even like, like
1: ambassador, but you yeah, know like, it is what
0: it is. These it, days, is so what it is what it is. But like embrace but it. <laughs> But, I mean, like, you're, you're a professional cyclist. You're putting out, like, you've retired. But do you feel like you're doing better? Like, you're getting treated better than you were when you were an actual pro?
1: I think I'm very hashtag not sponsored blessed. No, I don't know. Um, yeah. um, I think my road career actually resembles a lot of my gravel. So, I have worked with these partners that have, you know, been with me. I've been with SRAM for 12 years. That's
0: awesome. And
1: I mean, I've almost died, I've won, I've lost, you know, I was depressed. Yeah. <laughs> I won yeah. again, you know, and and they've just been with me the whole time. Um, and you know, like them, chamois butter, lasign, speed play, which is now Wahoo. Um, you know, I've been with them my entire career. So it wasn't like I decided to stop racing road and looked for sponsors. It was just people that had been with me my whole journey. Um, and, and to be able to work with specialized the last three now into the foreseeable future years, um, is a dream come true for an athlete. So having a company like that say, Hey, we like what you're doing. We back you. You don't have to win. You don't have to have pressure. We believe in what you're doing. Let's do this. And I think that's super rad to work with a team that believes in you.
0: No, yeah, that's super cool. Yeah. I've kind of seen it on my front a little bit too, just with like you know, coming from the track and being with Team USA and then going to like kind of this gravel thing and running my own team. It's like it's it's less of a, hey, you're sponsored and more of like, hey, we're going to have a relationship. We're going to grow from here and we're going to see what this turns into. And uh, I, I don't know, it's just been like kind of a beautiful, beautiful growth. And like I'm, I've, I've been loving hearing the athletes kind of outtakes on like the relationships that they've created, like hearing you with SRAM for 12 years like um that's super exciting so um yeah i like yeah. to
1: call my my sponsors partners you know partners, it, yeah. You know, what are we doing we're going to you know are we gonna do marketing initiatives are we activating at events are we raising money for charities are we getting more people on bikes like what are we doing together and how are we mutually valuable for our cycling community and that's really important to me so i'm not going to be one of those people that goes out to look for sponsorships for money i I work full time. Um, I love riding my bike and that's what I'm most passionate about. So I want people that believe in me and what I do.
0: Yeah. What else do you do full time?
1: Well, I have a background in biochemistry and a master's in clinical psychology and I'm a (laughs) communications uh, consultant specializing in biotechnology and healthcare.
0: Yeah, so I don't know about you guys, but I didn't understand a word of what that was, but it sounds really intelligent and sounds like you're making a lot of changes. Whereas I went to, I think my hardest class in college was probably canoeing. I went for sports rec management, uh, canoeing or CPR. (laughs) Um, So hearing hearing that, I was like, whoa, Um, so cool. So yeah, I don't know if you've heard, but there's this recent pandemic called uh, the coronavirus and it's uh, canceled pretty much everybody's season's. Um what are you doing to kind of stay active and stay motivated during this whole whole pandemic this whole craziness?
1: I feel worried about the health of our you know not only country nation yeah um world uh from political standpoint to just overall health because of a virus that is you know antibodies looking little rough um yeah you know just for uh, antibiotics and things or i guess antiviral anyway i'm not gonna get specific um so (laughs) i um i've actually enjoyed the time i've had because i've never been home in the month of may or june um it's weird racing full-time into then going to events full-time um and i worked for amgen for seven years. So I was always at the bike race and, you know, working and commuting, um, back and forth. And so to be home when the weather's gorgeous and I live in a beautiful place, I live in Northern California. Um, yeah. I followed my County health ordinances, but I could still ride outside, which was yeah, awesome. That is super I, awesome. I kept the ride shorter, less Epic. Cause you lose, you know, they turned off all the water and parks and things. So finding food and water when you go on a venture is a little more difficult these days, but, um, I think it's just anytime I've had an injury or a setback, I try to find the gift or the you know some, some sort of positive that you can take out of it. and it's connecting with um, loved ones. So via Zoom, here we are.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> you know we're meeting via Zoom now, but you know I can write my grandmother a card. I can read a book I didn't have time to read before. I can yeah. maybe write more, invest in myself and hopefully my community as well, um, being a healthier person um I have a coach and um actually having a training plan right now is probably a lifesaver else I would just be pummeling myself out riding however long I can or riding too slow or too fast and right now I kind of just had never trained this much so I'm just having fun seeing what my body can do and yeah I'm not doing anything epic right now I'm just you know I need to I have life balance so I'm not going to go and have not ridden I mean I see a lot of these people riding 200 miles or ever seen, and I'm I'm good. I have enough stress in my life, so like, yeah. I want to do things for the joy of it. Um. Yeah, I was waiting. Stress.
0: I was waiting if this was going to be the podcast where you go. I'm Everesting. I'm ready no. to Everest. I'm. Doing <laughs> I'm not it. even riding 200 <laughs> miles. No. Nope. <It's> not happening. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, I get that. I think somebody asked me. They're like, "Yeah, are you going to do Everest?" And it's like, "Dude, I'm 200 pounds. Like me doing Everest, that was. I don't even think I could do it sub 24 hours. Like it's not going to happen." Um. But yeah, so, you know, with, with all that being said, and, and, you know, being a part of the community and being active, I've also seen that you're pretty active about being the voice of women pretty much in sport, like, pretty, pretty hardcore, which is pretty awesome. And like, um, so kind of give me a little bit of background on that, like, what your push and 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 kind of women equality within within cycling and things like that.
1: I think it extends beyond gender, of course. Um, I have a unique background. Um, I played tennis in college. Uh, So I played NCAA tennis in college, and I grew up on a cattle ranch in the middle of nowhere, and so I didn't do a lot of organized sports. Um, So I didn't really realize any sort of disparity between gender, sexual orientation, race, any of that, because I just grew up a little isolated, probably sheltered, but in this wonderful world that there were no boundaries. And for sure. I could just do whatever I wanted. And then went and played tennis. And, you know, thanks to icons like Billie Jean King, I mean, Title IX, tennis was an amazing sport to play, totally equal, all equal scholarships where I played. Um and so then I, and I go and start working in science so that maybe there's not a lot of women in, in STEM. So I'm a biochemistry researcher and I'm working in science and I'm like, I'm going to just take up cycling. You know, my grandfather convinced me to try to bike race and yeah. I was after a little thing. And, and then bike racing, I'm like, yeah, bike racing. And then you get there and you're like, wait, what? Why do the men make?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <You know? laughs> and it took a long time to... um. Sorry, that was my sister calling. I don't know if you heard that.
0: Oh, no, um, <laughs> you're okay.
1: Uh, so it took a long time for, or it took a lo- lot longer in my adult uh, life to realize that, that, you know, you just couldn't be a hero if you wanted to be a hero or just do whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, so to me, it's a no brainer. It's just take all stereotypes and stigmas aside and just conquer whatever you want. And you've been through that similar path yourself. I mean, yeah. don't let somebody tell you, you know, you weigh this, you've done this. You, there's no way you can achieve this. Like that's, that's full crap. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, you can say no. whatever you want. Just <laughs> you, so, you, like, I,
1: I just, I mean, I'm not one that says like, all you have to do is work hard. Of course there is privilege and circumstances and luck and all sorts of things, but it's, you shouldn't be limited by your gender or any other sort of stipulation that society puts on you. Um, And just, kind of set your goals and go for them, you know, and don't let, you know, be the best you can be, be a good person, um, and go for it. Uh, so I've seen women's cycling grow quite a bit, uh, as I've raced, you know, it's had its ebbs and flows, you know, it was going up and then it goes down, comes back up. It's an emotional roller coaster, but it's about showing up and doing your best. Um, so part of me, that's, I think kind of how I stayed in the sport this long is I thought, well, what value can I add? to my sponsors, to my partners, to my team, to people in my community, and so what can I bring to them, and then, you know, inspire them, bolster their confidence, and then ultimately, we all get better.
0: Yeah, no, that's super cool, yeah, because it was, it is a hard sport, and like, me being a white dude, like, it's been pretty easy for me to, like, kind of get in, but it was even hard for me as well, as, like, trying, you know, being the overweight guy, trying to get in, and trying to fit in, and that's one thing with just all these crazy politics and whatever, you know, all this craziness that's going on in the world right now um, that's kind of awoken me to the fact of, like, I've had so many opportunities, but, um, you know, how much harder it could be for a female, somebody, person of color, transgender, or somebody who chooses different sexual orientation, you know, that somebody isn't fully on board with and it's been kind of nuts to kind of really realize that over the last few weeks. And uh, so, yeah, I was really interested to hear your take on you know, what you've been doing with, with bringing more women into the sport.
1: Yeah. I think for, I mean, women and everyone uh, uh, like alike is to not, not be afraid to, to lose your stuff on the ladder to help somebody else out. You know, I think it's about for giving sure. people an opportunity and being confident enough and you believe in who you are and that you can build somebody else's strength up. Um, And that's hard for a lot of us, right? Because there's only so much, whatever, treats that we're looking for, gold stars or sponsorship or events. But um, I think you need to really work on enabling other people to also have
0: that opportunity. All right. Can you hear me now? Got you. Perfect. Okay. Sorry about that. So you said, I think we were talking about 30...
1: I was doing uh, events I was looking forward to. I think we got Dirty Canada, and then um, I was just saying the one I was most bummed about was Leadboat. I was signed up for Lead Boat. Um, oh, me
0: too. Yeah, I'm pretty bummed about that.
1: Yeah, because I don't own a mountain bike, so I've never done a mountain bike race because I don't ride mountain bikes.
0: So That I actually was makes me feel really great because I applied and said I don't own a mountain bike. Like That was in my <laughs> description when I applied for it.
1: I still don't but I was excited to not race but to do a race on a mountain bike and learn how to ride a mountain bike I still will learn to maybe ride a mountain bike but I was bummed about that because it wasn't about the race it was about a challenge that I haven't done yet
0: for sure for sure yeah I mean that was kind of the same thing for me because it was like I'd never raced a mountain bike, never really ridden a mountain bike, and then much less ridden 100 miles on a mountain bike, and then do a gravel race that I've never really even done a gravel race the next day. So, I was just like, "Wow, that'd be epic!" So,
1: yeah, ne- next year we're in. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: for sure. I'm I'm in 100%. But yeah, sorry about that dropout, guys. Um, yeah, it seems like my internet in this van is not working out so well, but uh, van life. But yeah. Van life, yes, the van life is real. Have you ever, have you ever tried like any like camping or like rooftop or camping at any of these gravel races or anything yet? No, not I yet. don't camp. Yeah. Oh, but this is like glamping, you know. This is like we got a fridge, we got you know a bed and couch. It's it's ready to go.
1: It looks it looks pretty fancy. I um did a bike packing trip in Kargistan last two years ago. I guess with Specialized, yeah, and they were yeah. like. You want to go on a trip in a lifetime? I'm like, okay. They're like, go to Kyrgyzstan and ride on the Silk Road. You're going to be bikepacking. What do you need? I was like, everything. They go, like, do you have a tent? I was like, no. They're like, sleeping bag. I was like, I'd never have camped, but okay. <laughs> so, no, I don't usually camp. <laughs> oh,
0: man. But how was that, though? I bet that was pretty epic.
1: It was the most beautiful place I'd ever been. It was incredible. Um, different challenge, not from a physical standpoint as much as mental letting yeah, go, yeah. like, not trying to control everything and just enjoying each day for whatever it brought was very challenging for me, <laughs> but it was amazing.
0: Yeah. Cause I think that was the hardest part about like me, just even the two days I was like, you know, not having my normal breakfast or like not having my normal sleep. And like, you know, these just like little things that you're trying to get prepared for these big rides. And it's just like, no, just go ride, just go ride. It'll be okay. Yeah. You know? So Yeah. it's,
1: yeah, it's it, we're all a little type A and crazy, right? So it's just
0: about Yeah, it's it's just about letting go, which is kind of nice. And I'm I'm hoping to yeah. get one of the guys. Um he's sponsored by SRAM as well. It's uh, Nico. Um mm-hmm. does some does some bikepacking. I'm hoping to get him on so we can do some chatting about that, man, because it sounds pretty epic. But uh but yeah, so I don't want to keep you too long and and I wanted to ask you one more question. Um if there was uh advice that you would give somebody that's going to do Dirty cancer for their first time, what, what would it be? And, and, and yeah, so and what would you, what would you say?
1: I think the advice I'm going to give, I cannot take credit for. It was advice given to me, which I have used at Dirty Kansas and in life and beyond Celine Yeager, who used to be an editor at Bicycle Magazine. She's an incredible writer, um, fit chick um, online. Uh, author she published a book on gravel also many other books but i did a women's forum the day before the kansas the first year i ever competed and and they were all talking about mantras and i'm just like you know i'm supposed to be the professional but i'm like (laughs) i'm like sweating you you know (laughs) and uh so what she said has helped me a lot which is forward progress take care of yourself and a day like kansas in life can be very tumultuous, you can be having the best day ever, like you just experienced the worst day ever, the best day ever, and it's all in one day, you know, there's just so many ups and downs. And so it's about checking in with yourself. And are you moving forward? Are you walking your bike? Are you fixing a flat tire? You know, are you making forward progress? It doesn't matter if you're pedaling your bike fast in the front group, or you're trying to make sunset, or you're trying to finish before cutoff? Are you making forward progress your ultimate goal? Yeah. And then if that's yes, uh, then it's take care of yourself and taking care of yourself can be about nutrition. Are you eating and drinking early and often? Are you, you know, talking nicely to yourself in your head? Are you talking nicely to other people around you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like Like taking care of yourself isn't just eating and drinking, but a lot of people, it starts really early. You start really fast. It's impressive how fast people start when I'm going, you guys realize how long of a day this is. We do not need to be going this fast. (laughs) (laughs) I can do this, but most of us can't. And this is exhausting for me. And so even in those stressful moments, when you're starting with thousands of your closest new best friends, um, to make sure you're eating, drinking, fueling to then you can finish the day on a positive note and then also when you get in those dark moments which we have all had in our racing careers as well like be kind to yourself and be positive saying you know like you're strong you've got this you're a disaster right now but you're a (laughs) cute disaster (laughs) you're cramping but damn your legs look great when they cramp yeah they look (laughs) so ripped You look so ripped. Where's the photographer? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, it's just a matter of being positive. And so it's forward progress. Take care of yourself. And I think that's about controlling what you can. Your preparation, of course. Control your control Your preparation, your training. Don't stress about it that much. I mean, most people want to go into these events and they... I've never ridden 200 miles. You go, so what? You don't run a marathon to run a marathon. You run, you know, 12, 13, 14 miles and you're, you're good. You can run a marathon, right? So same thing yeah. with something like Kanza. So people get stressed about that. It's just control what you can. Forward progress, take care of yourself and you're going to have the worst moments of your life and the best moments of your life and neither of them are going to last all day. So remember yeah.
0: that. <laughs> and it will probably feel amazing once you cross that finish line. So.
1: Yes, we will all have beers and whiskey together.
0: That is awesome. Well, cool. Well, Allison, thank you so much. And hopefully I'll be able to get you on the podcast in person. We might have to still practice our social distancing at Kansas, but maybe I can still get you on if you have time. Um, But other than that, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks
1: for having me. I'm stoked.
0: Me too. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, guys, thanks so much for watching.